Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. And you were listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums. Where we discuss the most controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. For our very first episode, we'll be covering Lulu, the infamous collaboration between thrash metal titans Metallica and the mega-influential Velvet Underground frontman-slash-singer-songwriter Lou Reed. The beginnings of this album can be traced to 2009 when Metallica and Lou Reed performed a couple of songs together at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 25th anniversary concert. After the performance, they began discussing the idea of a collaboration that eventually came into fruition two years later in 2011. Forming in 1981, Metallica originally consisted of lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist James Hetfield, lead guitarist Dave Mustaine, bassist Ron McGovney, and drummer Lars Ulrich. Dave Mustaine and Ron McGovney were replaced by Kirk Hammett and Cliff Burton before the recording of Metallica's first studio album. And you know what? Good for them for getting out early. (laughs) I don't know really if Ron McGovney Uh, ever ever went on to do anything. I've never heard his name, so probably not. Probably not. Dave Mustaine went on to do better shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, (laughs) I love both bands, but I mean, he did make Rest in Peace, so can't really top that. But yeah, so after Cliff Burton's tragic death in 1986, he was replaced by Jason Newstead, who in turn was replaced by Rob Trujillo in 1980, or wait, not 1983, that's a fucking typo, 2003. Oh, okay, that that makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, he he was replaced, you know, like before Cliff Burton even passed away, they just fucking... It was like, "Mm." the vibes, off. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, so yeah, new fact you learn, Rob Trujillo has played on every Metallica album. Yeah, he, he, he just cooks better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude was in suicidal tendencies, he fucking shreds the bass. But yeah, so up until Lulu's release, Metallica had been really testing their legacy, starting with their early 90s output. They opened up their career with a run of four, I mean, in my eyes, timeless classics and a lot of the metal community's eyes, and Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Injustice for All, establishing themselves as the leader of the thrash metal movement, you know, leader of the big four, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, even even though I don't like the albums, they're very important albums. Yeah. I'm glad they came out. Yeah, definitely influenced a lot of music as a whole. Uh, so yeah, in 1991, with the release of their fifth studio album, uh, referred to as the Black Album, or just Metallica, kind of a self-titled album, the consistence kind of changed on them. Uh, <laughs> they were as big as ever commercial-wise, but the album divided fans with a toned-down, more hard rock-leaning style. And then in 96 and 97, Load and Reload took it even further, having grunge, alternative rock tendencies, country tendencies even a little bit. I, d- I don't understand when bands are like at the height of their their career. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what, that thing we've been doing, fuck it. Yeah, I mean... I understand changing and evolving, like mm-hmm. it can be good, but I think you need to do it a little bit slower. I, think you, I, yeah. I don't think you can just come out with... Uh, so yeah, even a metal album. Here is a country album. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not that extreme, but <laughs> yeah, they're not a guy from Asking Alexandria. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Denny Warstop. Yeah, I mean, the Black Album. I mean, I would say it's still thrash. It's just more heart. You know, I guess maybe if ACDC made a thrash album. <laughs> oh, so terrible. <laughs> but yeah, and then Load and Reload. I've I don't think I've listened to them in full, but you know what I've heard is kind of just even more so watered down from the already watered down thrash that the Black Album has, so. But yeah, so, fans fans weren't really, for the most part, a fan of that. Um, But then they released a compilation and a live album 
uh, throughout the years, and then they returned to the studio in 2003 to release Saint Anger. Ah, yeah. the famous one. Yeah, and I mean, it brought back the heavier edge they hadn't had in a few albums, but it was kind of contained in the realm of alternative metal, like... You know, maybe they just listened to Stomp, and were like, trash cans make really good drums. Wait, Stomp? Stomp, it's um, it's like that performance art thing where they're just banging on trash, it's like a drum performance. They just bang I've on trash that. cans. Oh, it's, it's like the Blue Man Group type shit? Yeah, kind of, it's just <laughs> called Stomp. I had, I had to watch it in middle school chorus or something. Hmm. I don't it's know if I've seen that. much better than Saint Anger, from what I've heard about Saint Anger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we might have to cover Saint Anger one day. You, you never oh, know. Lord. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it brought back a heavier edge, but was kind of catering to the sounds of metal of the early two thousands. Like not not necessarily new metal, but like you know the alternative metal. Yeah, the metal everyone hates, pretty much. Yeah. Unless you grew up with it, you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Metalheads, <laughs> hardcore metalheads, do not like that stuff. Um didn't have any solos that the fans loved from Metallica and I had the snare drum <laughs> the infamous snare drum so yeah not a lot going for them uh in 2008 Death Magnetic came out and it patched a little bit of the wounds that the old school Metallica fans had suffered but it seemed that one more misstep would kind of you know put the final nail in the coffin of Metallica's credibility if they had any left at this point so yeah, so going to the other half of this baffling collaboration, Lou Reed, he was no stranger to critical and commercial struggles himself. Uh, all four Velvet Underground albums that he performed on were pretty much largely ignored by the general public and received mixed reviews upon release. The same can be said for a majority of his solo material, although over time his solo material along with the Velvet Underground uh, became cult classics of the underground rock scene and, you know, trailblazers for a lot of the subgenres of rock and pop music, punk, yeah. post-punk, um, you know. From what, I've, from what I've heard of Lou Reed, it was really just a lot of stuff that was way before its time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he, was, he was a visionary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the critical and commercial success was, you know, kind of lacking for a lot of it, and this really came to a head in 1975 with the release of Metal Machine Music an experimental noise album that threw melody, rhythm, and conventional song structure out the window for droning guitar feedback sans any other instrument. Mm, <laughs> exciting. Yeah, I I remember when I had, I, I guess, probably just scouring Wikipedia articles and shit, found out about that album. I was like, I mean, you know, it probably can't be that that awful but that was before i had really known about drone music or anything of the like yeah, so when you hear not... guitar feedback you know i was like i mean you know it might just be yeah. a bunch of riffs with really heavy feedback it's but no, probably it's, just just feedback yeah it's it's literally just sounds like you're fucking like having you know like when you uh try to plug it in and it just goes Arr. yeah yeah just the whirring buzzing sound it's literally that for like 45 50 minutes see like noise music is. is good if you're someone who likes noise music yeah i mean i'm, I'm personally and, you know not a fan i wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it but i mean it does have a there's really... like seven people that really like noise music, and that's <laughs> who mean, that album is for yeah uh reddit i mean <laughs> that's kind of kind of the noise fan base i feel like uh but yeah i mean it was described by james wolcott of rolling stone as sounding like the tubular groaning of a galactic refrigerator so, I mean, it's been a while since I've heard it, but I would say that's that's pretty accurate. It was considered a career-killing album, but Reed went on to release 15 more solo albums to varying degrees of success, but... 15? 
15 more. So, yeah, not including... So, that's a total of, what, like, 20 albums he's been on? About. I think he maybe had... Well, been on, yeah. There was four Velvet Underground albums, and I think before Metal Machine Music, he might have had four or maybe five solo albums. So, yeah, about 25-ish albums that he's been on, including Lulu. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, I guess it really wasn't a career killer, uh, but I mean, his legacy had long been cemented before that, definitely before Lulu, so <laughs> in terms of what both artists had to lose, Metallica definitely had a lot more to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, although the combination of the two, Metallica and Lou Reed, seems like it came out of a random artist generator, they both had a track record of making bold creative choices that alienated fans and critics alike, so, I mean, you know... Might seem a little out of pocket that they would have collabed, but I feel like they have a very similar yeah. headspace when it comes to just, you know, doing what the fuck they want to. Yeah. Not really not really caring to cater to the fans or critics. Uh, originally, Lulu was intended to be an album where Metallica would re-record previously unreleased tracks Reed had written over time. Among these recordings were songs composed for a play called Lulu, which was an adaptation of two plays written by German expressionist playwright Frank Wedekind. Uh, in those plays, the titular character becomes a sex worker, is sold into slavery, and becomes a victim of Jack the Ripper. Both parties decided to focus solely on this material, with Metallica writing brand new instrumentals and Lou Reed providing lyrics and lead vocal duties. Upon release, Lulu was almost universally critically panned and ridiculed. Journalist Chuck Klosterman, in his review for Grantland, said, If the Red Hot Chili Peppers acoustically covered the 12 worst Primus songs for a Starbucks, it would still be slightly better than this. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just a Marzalek of the Quietus suggested time spent listening to Lulu could be better spent watching grass, grass grow or perhaps wanking into a sock. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, much more productive. Yeah. <laughs> Not all reviews were negative, however. In a 10 out of 10 review by J.R. Moore's of Drowned in Sound. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He praised the album, saying it was the second greatest record ever made in the history of the human eardrum. What was what was the first? Did you find out? Only behind Metal Machine Music by Lou Reed. <laughs> so, oh, so this was just Lou Reed's pin name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's although he assured skeptics that every point made about the album was sincere, this review can probably be chalked up as a tongue-in-cheek joke, but... It could also just know. be Lou Reed writing under a pseudonym. I mean, yeah, I, I would know. I know I read, I didn't get any of this in my notes, but I know that, like, Lou Reed defended the album hard. Yeah. Against yeah. critics, which, I mean, I get it. Yeah. You're fucking Lou Reed. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think he really cared what critics thought. So, so like, the critics were right. Um, <laughs> this album, this album sounds like if you went on YouTube, right, and you uh, searched up guitar backing tracks, and then you got your grandfather, who has never made music to freestyle on it. Dude, I, I literally, like, a lot of the songs made me think of Grandpa Simpson just fucking went to a bar. Yeah, and, it's just fucking just, Abe Simpson doing karaoke. Just went to, like, a butt rock karaoke bar, biker bar, and just fucking started freestyling on, like, Hinder Instrumentals. Like, I don't... <laughs> I, I think I think Hinder Instrumentals are mostly better than this album. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. But, uh, yeah, so a review on the website, Uncut, singled out closing track, Junior Dad, calling it breathtaking, astonishing, and a perfect ending to the most extraordinary, passionate, and just plain brilliant record either participant has made in a long while. 
but uh, fan reaction fan reaction was arguably even worse, especially from Metallica fans who, according to Reed, threatened to shoot him over the album. <laughs> At one point, a music video for the only single of the album entitled "The View." had about twice as many dislikes than likes on YouTube. Uh, I, I tried to look at an actual number, but I mean, you know, dislikes have been removed on yeah. YouTube, sadly, so <laughs> couldn't really get an exact number on that. But uh, this song also spawned the infamous I Am The Table memes. <laughs> this album is still used today as an easy jab on Metallica's credibility and is widely considered a monumental embarrassment and head-scratching moment from both parties, although most hardcore Metallica fans try to treat it as a first rule of Fight Club. Lulu provided proved to be the last album Lou Reed released in his prolific career as he passed away in 2013 at the age of 71 from liver disease. Metallica has remained a powerhouse act, selling out arenas worldwide. In 2016, the band released Hardwired to Self-Destruct to generally positive reviews, and a new album entitled 72 Seasons is slated to come out in April of this year. Oh, I don't know if you got a new album in the works. Now, I'm a known Metallica hater. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I mean... I would say I'm a Metallica lover. I mean, you know, of course, their first four albums are classics of my book. Black Album is, you know, I can leave it or take it. I mean, there, there's just this sentiment amongst a lot of my friends of Metallica, Metallica. Like, they are, they're, yes, they're one of the big four of Thrash, but they're the worst of the big four. Yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I, I mean, the, the big four is hard to rank for me. Because I feel like they're all fairly different. I mean, Metallica and Megadeth are kind of similar, I suppose. Yeah, well, but... I mean, Megadeth is Dave Mustaine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so of course they're similar. It's yeah. Same band. So, I mean, and then Slayer, I mean, I've, they lean more towards, like, death metal. Yeah. I would say, like, the more extreme side of Thrash, and then Anthrax is more so, like, the comical, like, almost more punk-inspired side of Thrash, I would say. Yeah, so... but I mean, Metallica's just... I don't know. Uh, their instrumentals can be fine. Uh, I just don't like. I don't like the band. Yeah. Um, I mean, fair enough. Which made going into this album really hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lou Reed is someone that I have not gotten into. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people who like Lou Reed, who like the Velvet Underground. I've heard a couple songs. They're okay. Yeah. I mean, I've I've listened to. Um, I think it's just self-titled. Their first album. The, is know, that the Andy. one with the Andy Warhol? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, I know a few Lou Reed solo songs, like Walk on the Wild Side, everybody yeah, knows the song. Yeah, and, um, oh, there was another one, I forgot it, whatever. Yeah, there, there's been a few hits that he had in his solo career, mostly, like, his earlier output. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself any type of informed on, I mean, I know the Velvet Underground is very influential, along with Lou yeah. Reed, but, I but mean, at, at the end of the day... We both know Metallica and have differing opinions. Neither of us really know Lou Reed. Yeah. So this is a really hard album to go into. Now, I don't know if you looked at the sales numbers. No, I don't for think I did. I'm going to glance at them, but I didn't so write anything down. So the album actually, it actually managed to debut at number 36 on the Billboard 200. Okay, that's, um, I mean. Which is wild. Uh, I in feel the like first, a lot of that was mostly mere morbid curiosity, probably. Well, in the first, well, in the first week, uh, it sold 13,000 copies. Which was really good for Lou Reed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, as a man who is known for cult classics, not critical successes. Yeah. Uh, the problem was, three years later, it had only managed to sell right under 33,000 albums. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, going hand in hand with uh, the sales, I found that, yeah, it debuted at number 36. Um, it was Metallica's lowest charting release since 1984 when Ride the Lightning entered at number 48. But conversely, it was uh, Lou Reed's highest charting release 
since Sally Can Dance at number 10 in 1974, so... Yeah, the man's not known for writing albums that people like until, like, 20 years later. Yeah, So, yeah. you know, maybe in 10 years, we will be, people will be seeing the praises of Lulu. Um, but you'll know what we think about that by the end of the episode. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like those, you know, that little factoid kind of speaks to the just, like, I don't know, just the weird nature of this album. Like, the weird mix-up of these two artists. Like, yeah, it's so strange. It, um, did you watch the performance? I didn't get to. I, didn't, oh no, I couldn't I, find the I time. Didn't okay. I need to, though. The um, performance that sparked the creation of this album. Yeah, so from what I could tell, uh, it was just them covering a couple... Velvet Underground songs. I think it was a Velvet Underground song and a Lou Reed solo song. Okay, and I'm sure I'm sure that was fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I feel like it would probably be pretty decent. Oh, pretty I mean, good. I mean, I, they probably didn't change it much. Yeah, Metallica's all proficient musicians; they can easily cover Velvet Underground songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this album would work better if I don't know, like if Lou Reed wasn't doing spoken word type stuff. Like if he was actually more so singing and Metallica. More so did, like... I mean, you know, there was a bunch of parts in this album that were more so string-focused. Yeah. Like, I feel like if they took that approach for a lot of the album, and, you know, that would better better suit his spoken word. But yeah, then, I, you know, if they wanted to keep the heaviness, they should have had him do some singing or implement yeah. James more. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I honestly think the album would have been much better had it just been a Lou Reed solo effort. Yeah, especially with the... Because I'm, I'm like... I don't really know who they thought this album was made for, because, like, it's too Metallica to for me to see, like, Lou Reed diehard fans to be into. And it's, it's too Lou Reed for anybody to be into. Yeah, it's like, especially for fucking metal fans. I mean, who... I, I mean, I know the subject matter is pretty morbid and graphic. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, can so. understand what he's talking about. Yeah, but it's like... I don't know how many Metallica fans are going to be into German Expressionism from the late 1800s, so, like... Yeah, that's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you ready to get into the track-by-track? Track? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... So, Brandenburg Gate is the first track, <laughs> and um, I, I I like it as an intro track because it really lets you know what you're in for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, I think the acoustic intro was a little misleading. I mean, the, I feel like that's more so... From the lyrics, from what I could gather, it's not really part of the story. It kind of seems like... It kind of seems like a narrator talking about the story in the third person. But it does open with what I think might be my... Like, it's probably my favorite line on the album. (laughs) Um, I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of Boris Karloff and Kinski. Yeah, so... Isn't Boris Karloff, he played Frankenstein, I think? And I believe so. Yeah, and he was a German actor. And then Kinski, yes. I think, was a guy who played Nosferatu. That sounds, that sounds so correct. That's, that's why I think it's more so, like, not part of the narration. Because I guess he's mentioning older German media. Yeah, which like, is... I don't know if that's just him, like, why he wants to t- cut his legs and tits off. Maybe. Of I, don't, I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't really know um, if that's supposed to relate to the character. The problem is, that, that, so that absurdity, it's really absurd. It's really enjoyable, that line. Yeah. The yeah. problem is it never becomes that enjoyable again. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it. There's, there's certain sections that, like, just for the just absurdity of them like i can think of and just i'm like i don't know like it's just yeah it's just funny to think about there were a few chuckles in this album yeah but but, a lot of the ideas are just pretty drawn out like okay so i think this is a pretty good uh review of it steve berman from pitchfork said for all the hilarity that ought to ensue here lulu is a frustratingly noble noble failure 
Audacious to the extreme, but exhaustingly tedious as a result. Its few interesting ideas are stretched out beyond the point of utility and pounded into submission. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so I think that's, that's a, fair. It's that's a, a very fair assessment. It's a very boring album. Yeah, it's just it just seems like every song just focuses on one or two lines and just repeats them endlessly for like yeah, and like fucking minutes. Like, I've I've been in a spoken <laughs> word band for like five years now. Mm-hmm. I know how spoken words should sound, and this is not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it needs to, you need to expand your ideas. If you want to repeat something, write a chorus. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The also liked in in this uh, opening track, the small town girl part that James Hetfield comes in. with. Oh my god! Like, yeah, small, small town girl. girl. It's just like what the fuck? <laughs> like I, I just I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they <laughs> just... were thinking about this. And the problem is there's. This is the shortest track on the album. Yeah, this and I think Iced Honey are the two shortest around... That sounds about correct, yeah. around four minutes, I'm pretty sure. Um, But closer to five, really? They're like four and a half, five minutes? Yeah, and then I know the view is around five or six minutes five or, or six so, minutes i think everything else is at least seven minutes or at least longer. seven minutes and there is a <laughs> 10 minute track and a 20 minute track yeah so um the album we didn't we didn't uh, say this but the album goes on for almost two hours yeah yeah i think it's no i, I think it's like an hour it's an hour it's an hour 40 an hour it's like an 40. hour 40 42 somewhere around okay. there but it's it's much long it's about an hour longer than it should be yeah yeah, it's just, and that's being gracious. Yeah, but so yeah, moving on to the view. Um, I mean, <sighs> I am the table. I am the table. That, that's the that's the main thing I got from this song. I mean, uh, it, and that's that's the only interesting part of the song is him. I am the table. I am the root. Yeah, it's just. Other than that, it's it's just more boring shit. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's like just every part James Hetfield has on this album, just like. Like, I feel like it could have been way more. Like, I, I don't know what... Like, I feel like everything he has could have been edited out if they didn't, like, yeah. utilize him more. Yeah, like, they, they either should have gone all in on James yeah. Hetfield and given him, like, real choruses and real verses, or just not used him at all except for guitar. Yes, I don't... I don't... Not that he used the guitar very well, either. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just every time he's in this album, it's just... A, just fucking funny, like, not... like. I don't want to say cringy, but kind of. I mean, it's just... It's kind of cringe. It's just comical, and, like, it, you know, it's just him repeating the same thing over and over to no effect on the, on the song, so... The problem with this album is that the songs don't, neither musically nor lyrically, they don't advance the narrative. Yeah. Um, which you, if you're trying, if you're trying to tell a story, if you want a concept album... You kind of have to advance the narrative. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it sort of advances in some parts. Like, I mean, I know there's, uh, I think the next song, the Pumping Blood song, um, is kind of what I gathered from it. Like, when Jack the Ripper maybe enters the story? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was too bored to pay enough attention to the lyrics to get the story. Yeah. But they sound like, it sounds like they don't go anywhere because he'll, he'll say the same thing for like five minutes. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's it's really hard to follow if you want to follow it, but I mean, <laughs> I don't recommend. But the view overall, funny song. The, the I Am The Table part's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. You know um, what I mean? And pump, speaking of pumping blood, this is 
Yeah, the first time the instrumentation becomes weird as well. Uh-huh. That's the, the next track. Yeah, the vocals would. stay weird the entire time. But the instrumentation is pretty normal in Brandenburg Gate and The View. Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. a little off for Metallica. Yeah, yeah. But mostly, like, something you would hear from... Like, if I went to a local show, I would expect to hear something along this quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the part about pumping blood... Um... <laughs> Around the three minute mark, when Lou Reed starts to say, Am I coagulating heart? Like, oh my god, the fucking drums until almost the five minute mark just are so bad. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Is that the same? Is that the same tone he used on Saint Anger? Because it sounds very tinny, very trash canny. Yeah, I mean, not even it's not even the tone. Like, I feel like for a lot of the album, I kind of like the drum tone, especially the cymbals. Yeah, for a lot of it, it sounds really good. The snare is questionable. But the parts are just, like, especially, like, you know, there's a a few parts especially, but and this is one of them that just, it doesn't go with any of the other rest of the music. Like, it's just, I mean, we can play a clip of it, but it's just a bunch of random fills and, like, just so, like, if I remember correctly, you know, whenever that part hits and he says, am I coagulating heart? He just does this thing on the cymbals where it's like, just fucking over and over, and I'm like, what? Yeah, you? yeah, you're yeah. right. He just he just hammers on the same. It's yeah. like a blast beat, but not interesting. Yeah, it's just and that lasts until almost the fucking five minute mark. So it's like two minutes of just Lou Reed rambling with like the worst fucking drum fills ever going on. Like him. I said, it sounds like you Google like you YouTube search free backing tracks for guitar players. Mm. But the end of the song is actually one of my favorite parts of the whole album. Um, from after that part, after uh, that whole bad drum part ends and Lou Reed starts saying Supreme Violation is what I perceive as, like, Jack the Ripper, like, maybe killing his victim. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. It gets pretty violent and the lyrics get pretty out there, but it actually kind of ramps up the aggression. Kind of good, yeah. yeah. Towards the end. I I'm... mean, it starts to get really chaotic, but in a good way. And I'm like, if they could have, like I said, either stripped back a lot of the album or ramped it up yeah. to be like that. Like, I it, feel like this could have been a pretty decent it, album. The entire album feels like a bunch of concessions made to each other. Yeah. Uh, more made by Metallica to Lou Reed, surely. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that's, like, honestly, is probably the highlight of the album for me is the last, like, two minutes of this song. It's pretty good. It's not. I don't think that's the highlight for me. Okay. But it's pretty good. Um, now, Iced Honey is the worst defender of the backing track thing. Uh, it sounds like the worst B-side from the most forgettable rock band of 2003. Yeah, it's like... The instrumental is... It sounds almost pop-punk to me in that song, but like it has like a weird country twang. It feels like... like uh, It's a very weird... It feels riff. like Soul Asylum wrote a song that they fucking hated, <laughs> and it was like, Metallica, here you go. Yeah, I don't... It's, it's very weird, like... I mean, granted, I haven't listened to the entirety of Load or Reload, so, I mean, maybe some of Metallica's stuff on those albums might sound a little similar, because, I mean, some of the stuff I've heard from those albums kind of has, like, that southern rock twang to it, but this is just, like, it sounds like a day to remember if they were, like, fucking mall country. I, I don't know. It's a very weird instrumental. Like, I don't know yeah, how to describe it. It's wild. It's, it's definitely, just... like, there's nothing like it on the rest of the album. But it's also not good. Yeah, it's not good, for it's, sure. It's just a free backing track. Yeah, and then fucking, he literally says butterfly in a jar in the song, <laughs> like, at least five or six times. It's like a butterfly in a jar. That that part of the first time really got me. Yeah, he's like, iced honey, butterflies, and bees. And I'm like, what the fuck I... are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, how do we I... go from Pumping Blood, which has lyrics that almost make sense, Yeah. to this show? Yeah, I don't know. I think, 
Oh, unless you have anything else to say about Ice Honey, we skipped over Mistress Dread. Did you not get Did any? Did we? Yeah, you didn't get any oh, notes for Lord. that Oh my lord, I, I must have missed that one completely. I mean, it's it's not too noteworthy, because, I mean, it starts off with a pretty good fast-paced instrumental, like, kind of, kind of segueing pretty well from um, Pumping Blood. Okay. Kind of keeps up the intensity, but then, like, one, if I remember, it's like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes of just an instrumental, and it's a pretty thrashy riff. But then the vocals come in, and it, it like, they're different on this song for me. It sounds like Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys, but, like, making fun of, I don't even know That's, what. Like, like, I, I think I missed this song because all the songs kind of run yeah, together. Yeah, I had to go back, and there was a few songs, if I didn't get notes immediately, I had to, like, go back and listen to a few songs more. Yeah, I probably I just forgot. One of them. When I was copying it over, I probably just missed that one. Yeah, I mean, you, but re- it's just, you really didn't miss much. It was... Oh, that was the only thing I pointed out was that uh, him sounding like Jello by Afra, and then it's it's literally the same riff like from the beginning of the song, like the same riff pretty much plays the entire rest oh, of the song for uh, seven minutes. It's pretty normal so, for this album. Yeah. So um, cheat on me. Yeah. Uh, dull. Yeah. Incredibly dull. Very repetitive. It does have one of my favorite lines on the album. Oh yeah. Uh, why do I piss my dreams? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means. He's having white dreams? I think it means you've been <laughs> drinking too much, Lou. Yeah. I mean, he, he was drinking something. I think that shit was a But good other idea. than that, it's, it's just very dull. It's like, it continues to be incredibly boring. Yeah. And it was it's another song where James just is on it. With, for no for reason. For no reason. He just says, why Why do you cheat on me? Why do I cheat on thee? But like, and the way he says it, he's like, sorrowful, but not in a... He's just like, why do you cheat on me like yeah like it feels like (laughs) it's very i I don't know if it was because i was mostly listening at work with just one headphone but it was like so low in the mix i don't know it was really low in the mix yeah it's just like so i don't i don't know it's just very unnecessary i feel like this would have been the perfect time for james to recall to like the unforgiven yeah that's a good time that james has sounded sad yeah, yeah. And it's oh, it's almost like he just forgot that he recorded five of those fuckers. Yeah, this this is more like the Unforgiven Part 3, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, another very long, unnecessarily long, just very repetitive song on this album. Uh, Frustration? I think Frustration starts off as a good song. Yeah, I, I put it, it may have started as the most straightforward song on the album. Like, it had a good riff going for it. Like Yeah, it had good kinda, riff. Kind of a 90s Metallica vibe Yeah, the it. vocals, like, not only the tone of them, but the lyrics weren't offensive to the ears. They were almost tolerable. Yeah, but then... <laughs> and then suddenly they remember, oh, no, we're supposed to shock people. People yeah. aren't supposed to like this. Yeah, at the fucking two and a half minute mark when he says, I feel a pain creep up, creep up my leg. It sounded like circus music. Like the Yeah, it gets it. weird. He was, like, he was like, I feel a pain creep in my leg like and then it's weird for for like a minute and then then it goes back to the normal stuff again and then again at the five minute mark yeah it gets weird again yeah but like whenever he starts saying that and it's another part where Lars just starts hitting random shit on the drum it's like very bad fills and like it's just so like slightly off with what Lou Reed is saying it's just very jarring it's like the the cadence of his vocals and then Lars is like offbeat with his vocals in the background it's just so like cringy <laughs> for the rest of that it's just i don't know and then um lou reed starts to ramble about being dry and spermless like a girl oh That's, yeah which yeah <laughs> i while while lars is just fucking banging on the drums in the background like i don't like that part 
Yeah. I like that part. Not the least. It's not my least favorite thing on the album. It's one of mine. It's one of them. I mean, it's it's a part to where I can go back to it and have a good laugh. Like, you know, at least it's not boring. Yeah, it's, it's not boring. <laughs> and it's not the most offensive lyric he says on the album yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and then the line, frustration is by lexicon of hate. I, I feel like that kind of sums up how people might feel about this album. It's, that it's line, very frustrating. That line also kind of goes hard. Yeah, yeah. If it came from anyone else, I'd be like, fuck yeah. But it came from <laughs> Lou Reed about 40 minutes into this godforsaken album. Yeah, I don't know. That that song was very weird. Like, it had some good things going for it, and then it just kind of fucked itself. It's just frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, next is Little Dog. Um, this might actually be the worst song on the album. It it probably <laughs> is. It is. It's my least favorite track, at least. Yeah. Um, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's it's viscerally disgusting. Yeah, I'm just like, what what is fucking going on here? It has my least favorite line on the album. Uh, I already know what the what it oh, is. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and say it. Oh my god. Oh, I wrote um As long as you can raise that little doggy face to a cold hearted pussy, you can have a taste of what the big dog got. <laughs> yeah, I like Lou Reed, you were talking about a, a little dog. I, even if it's just allegorically, metaphorically, I don't fucking care. You were talking about a puppy. Yeah, it just does not. And you were being so... You're talking about little wieners. <laughs> little wieners. Talking about dog vagina. Yeah, it's just just very, like... And again, it's like, I not that I or really anyone else cares to delve into the meaning of these lyrics in that pertains to the story so it's like it's just yeah it's, it's just, just it's just disgusting because i don't care enough yeah i'm too bored it's like i'm sure parse through it yeah i'm sure it has some meaning but nobody wants to fucking find out the meaning they're just gonna hear that and be like what the fuck is going on like i don't like it's just disgusting but yeah i mean yeah it, it holds one of the most out there lyrics in that but i mean nothing really happens for yeah overall it's a, it's a boring isn't it this one's like what nine minutes or something. something yeah the fucking last half of this album drags like, yeah like if if i had to pick a side it would definitely be side one like i can't remember when side know. two starts i think it might be with either cheat on me or frustration probably but it just fucking drags on there is forever. one song from side two that i really like actually it's the next song little little dragon or just dragon 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 i really like dragon really it's not the best song i've ever heard I... I don't have much notes. Literally, the only thing I wrote for it was what I just said, that the last half of this album drags. So, I mean. uh, Like, Dragon, it's almost good. The riff is the riff is pretty solid. It's the okay. same riff the entire song, because yeah. it's fucking yeah. Lulu. It has a but, solo, right? Does it? Is this the one? It does have a solo. So, the okay. riff is pretty, pretty, it's pretty catchy. The vocals aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, again, lyrically or to the ears. The solo, though, if you really want to call it that, uh -huh. it sounds like... You found somebody who has never seen a guitar in their life, and it's like, hey man, do you want a job as a studio soloist? <laughs> yeah, I, and I the, literally don't remember any of it, but I, I, doubt, I don't doubt that. Parts it like of it that. sound almost like a Tom Morello deconstruction of a solo, so I think they did it on purpose to like deconstruct what it meant to have space for a solo in a song. Yeah. And if that's what they meant, this is the most artistically full song on the album as well. All right. I mean, I believe you. I, 
I don't know. It was one of those, like, I just didn't really get any, any, like, I, I listened to it. I listened to the whole album, I think, three times, and then this was one of the songs I listened to an extra two or three times. Yeah, I had to listen to this an I extra really, time to get it. Yeah, like the I first... really didn't get much from it, so I'm glad you did, because I, I didn't but I think, it down. I think the problem is, once you're that far in the album, you're too tired to yeah, like it anymore. Yeah. I just happened to take a day off and then go back and listen to this track, and mm. it, it fucking got me. Okay, nice. Uh, the problem is the next track. Junior Dad. The final track. Uh, twenty. It's 19 minutes and 40 yeah. seconds or something. I, I don't understand why critics highlighted I, no, this song. I understand why critics highlighted this song. Why is that? It is the longest you go without hearing Lou fucking read on this entire album. I mean, yeah. Like, the ending is literally just nine minutes uh, of the you, same violin About half part. the song <laughs> is not does not have Lou Reed, which I would put in the positives category. <laughs> I would put in the very positive category. I would mortgage my house to get more of that on this album. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, yeah, the last nine minutes are just a repeating violin part, and I mean... It's, it's a whole string quartet, I think. I hear a violin yeah, and definitely yeah. a bass. I think there might be a cello and a yeah, viola. I mean, there's, a, there's definitely more than violin. But they're but... just playing a chord for what feels like a whole, like, two measures mm -hmm. before moving on to the next one, and it's yeah. just not... It, it needs to be faster to be more interesting. It needs more notes to be interesting. Yeah, like, it, it definitely doesn't need to drag on for nine minutes, but I mean... At least you can turn it off and not miss anything. I yeah. Mean, you know, yeah, after I, the first time I heard it, I was I like, listened to this song once. Exactly yeah, once. Yeah. I think I listened to... No, I listened to it twice. I yeah. did listen to it twice. I listened to the first part at least yeah. at least twice, maybe three times, but then... I skipped the violin part every time. Yeah. I like, knew what was coming. Yeah. So, like, you know, at least you can cut there out was, about nine minutes. There of... was a bell... <laughs> Two times. Oh my god. I don't know if you remember the bell. No, I do not uh, remember was, the bell. It was like the 14, 15 minute mark. It did a ting. Ting. <laughs> and then and then it waits another couple chords and then ting. You know what? We need, we need to find out who played the fucking bell on this song. It was probably Lars. I'm going to need to look that up. I don't know if Lars is capable of playing anything but like three toms and a snare. So like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Surely there's a bell on his kit somewhere. He has a china, right? Chinas have bells on them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. So, yeah, I can't find any uh, bell credits, but... I think it had to be I mean, Lars. I mean, you were right. There's a... Oh, wait, no. Cello on Little Dog in Frustration. There's a cello there, there on Little Dog cello. in Frustration. Is there a cello there a... on Junior Dad? Nope, but there was a stand-up electric bass. A stand-up electric bass? Yeah. Uh, that's a lot cheaper than a real, real stand-up bass. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some viola on Junior Dad. <laughs> okay, I... See, I knew there was something well, I mean, between says, violin and It says there's a upright. celloist named Marquia Hughes is just credited for the whole album, but then it says Ulrich Mayas Mayas does little or does cello on Little Dog in Frustration. So I guess there there probably is cello on Junior. There's probably Dad. cello. I, I don't it's know. Just, I'm not Yeah. My ear's not good enough to separate all those fucking bowed string instruments. Yes, I mean Lars might have might have been tinging that bell. <laughs> he just tang he just tanged it twice. Tanged it twice. Just just two bells. That's, two, all, that's two all this album. Two toings. <laughs> there should have been more bell. Yeah. But yeah, overall boring. Yeah. Boring, boring song. Yeah, you know, we um for this podcast at the end we wanna go over the best three or so songs from the album, but I really just got three best moments. Like I I could not single out a I just got Dragon. Dragon is just the only good quote okay. unquote song. The only parts I got, I mean, like I said, the end of Pumping Blood, that was probably yeah, the best part of the album for me. Cool. The beginning of Mistress Dread was pretty pretty decent and the beginning of Frustration, I mean 
Yeah, those, it's really those just were like, really the only three parts where I was like, this, you know, if they did it more like this, this album really could have worked. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> there is a way that this album could have been good, and yeah. it's it's letting Metallica push it push it up. Yeah. Instead of Lou Reed being like, no, it's got to be avant garde. Yeah. Yeah. It should have just been a fucking metal album with spoken word. That would have been cool. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if I had to pick one song, you know, if somebody held a gun to my head and said I had to listen to one of these songs every single day for the rest of my life. It would be the shortest one, first of all. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a good approach. I don't care how bad it is. I would probably go with Pumping Blood just because I like the be or, you know, the beginning's not awful. I really like the end, and the middle is just funny. So, I'm, I mean, at least I can get enjoyment out of how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, at the, so. at the end of the day, if I had to listen to one song, it'd be Brandenburg Gate, because it's it's really short. Yeah. And it's not that bad. Yeah. It's Small not... town girl. Small town girl. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, like, listening to that every day wouldn't be the worst thing in my life. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, the worst lyrics, I just have the one that I've already said about the little dog and the pussy. Yeah, yeah, that's on mine. Um, I had the uh, cut my legs and tits off part was on yeah. my worst ones. Then I also got, <laughs> I forget what song this is from, but it's, but me, I am happy because I got my little nappy. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. I didn't catch that. No, that one. That one went right over my yeah, head. I, I know it was on one of the earlier songs. But th- it might have been on a. It might have been on Brandenburg Gate. Maybe it definitely I, wasn't on the View. I don't know. Who knows? But like, I don't Maybe know. Just every time, somewhere in there. Every time I tried <laughs> to think of lyrics, it would just come back to the little dog part. So yeah, I couldn't get anymore. Yeah. And then I also got waggle my ass like a dark prostitute coagulating blood pumping blood come on james <laughs> did you hear that part i did hear him say come, come on james, on, james. <laughs> and like, it's just it, it's not like he went to a solo or anything just like come on james and then and just the continues. song just keeps going the way it was yeah. nothing changes yeah so which yeah. is the perfect like, that's the perfect like allegory or yeah, metaphor for the this antithesis album. of this album it, that is what this <laughs> album is about it's him saying let's do this and then nothing changing yeah yeah, he says let him cook, but there there's no cooking going on here. <laughs> let them cook, he says, when the kitchen is in the other house. Yeah, the, the kitchen is down for today. But did you have a worse three songs? Did you manage to, to narrow it down to just three? I mean, Junior Dad, Little Dog, and Frustration. Okay, mine were Little Dog, Cheat on Me, and Dragon. I, so. <laughs> I like Dragon. I need to go, I mean, yeah, you, you said don't go back and listen don't to it. Don't go back and listen to but, it, but like... I don't know. If you I, ever I feel to. like it, I might need to. The solo, the solo is shit. Yeah, I, I might need to just to just to have a little change of heart, maybe. If I don't know if we if we kind of agree with the consensus, but on Metascore, based on thirty one reviews, this has forty five percent. Based on critic reviews, so that seems a little high for me. But the user score is two point three out of ten. <laughs> That's still a little high for me. Yeah. Um. I mean, if we're going like, out of ten rating, I give it. 1.7? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's still failing. I'd give it no I'd give it no higher than a 3, so... I, I, I would give it no higher than a 2. No higher than a 2. I'm thinking a 1.7. Um, but I will uh, say, like... I'll go with a 2.1. I'll go a little under the user review. <laughs> as far as... I have a rating score, which is, like, how much of this did you listen to? Mm-hmm. I'd say give one song a shot. Just choose whatever song we talked about that sounded the best to you yeah i mean you know you can go with one of the 
one of the more out there moments that we mentioned and you know we'll, we'll try to put some clips in here so you can get an idea of what that sounds like um or you know you could go with like austin said little dragon little dra- like dra- you might, you might dragon, like that not a little bit. dragon but or like dragon yeah i don't know why we keep calling it little dragon because little dog is right before <laughs> this dragon, album is right? not little dragon it's fucking entirely dragging <laughs> it, it, it is nothing but dragging <laughs> yeah there's nothing little little about the dragging on this fucking album but yeah i mean i would i would either go with that or my recommendation uh pumping blood i mean yeah so check out pumping blood or dragon or whatever song we talked about that you yeah, want to or i mean to. if you want to go go to the view and hear the i on the table you know if, if that is fun to listen if to if you somehow haven't heard that meme then you know you can um, go with that but outside of morbid curiosity throw it in the trash yeah i don't like it's not this doesn't deserve one last breath <laughs> out of morbid curiosity not only does it deserve one last breath i would prefer to murder it myself yeah i mean i've I've known about this album for a long while. I, the only part I knew was I Am The Table. I didn't even know... I didn't know anything else about this album besides the fact that, like, why the fuck are these artists teaming up? And Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if I Am The Table is the most popular thing from it, then it can't be good, so... Yeah, it's been 12 years since this album came out? Uh, about? Came yeah. Out 2011? Yeah, 2011. Um... It it should it should have never come out in twenty eleven. It should yeah, never come well, out. If I can put Lou Reed in the grave, so do with that what you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, morbid curiosity. Listen to one song. Other than that, don't. Yeah, take take the life support off of this album. <laughs> Not that it has any, but I mean, it is really weird though. You know, I see some apologists for this album now. There like, are Lulu apologists. Yeah, I mean, when it first came out, you had the critics that. I mean, I feel like most of them were just trying to be contrarian. Yeah. Critics I mean, be like doing that, especially that one that I mentioned. Uh, they the gave it a ten. Yeah, like that. That definitely was a troll. But you know, there were some that I I read review wise that gave it praise and it seemed genuine. Like it didn't seem like they were just doing it. I don't know. So I mean, it, it might work for some people. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there is an audience for this. I mean, if you like Lou Reed and Metallica, then maybe. Or I mean, if you like. I would say probably not Metallica fans. I feel like Lou Reed fans would more Lou enjoy fans this probably. than Metallica fans would. Um, harsh noise fans would get a huge kick out of this because it is it is a lot of... It's not harsh, <laughs> but it is a god-awful amount of noise. Yeah, it's just old man screaming at the sky in album form. Like, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like I said, there's... There's some apologists for this album. I mean, going going on YouTube and uh, forums and stuff like on Reddit, there's some people that are like, you know, this this isn't as bad as people as people thought. Like, you know, people kind of didn't give it a chance out the gate, but okay. after we've given it a chance, I I can't I, say I, that I, I agree it a with chance that. And I don't agree, but uh, this has been one last breath, an autopsy of awful albums. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>